0: You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. This evening, praise God. Hallelujah. If you brought your Bibles uh, uh, this evening, let's turn to the book of Acts, the book of Acts uh, uh, chapter 2. We're going to be reading from verse 46 and 47 out of the book of Acts chapter 2. Uh, now, it looks as though after the uh, new uh, uh, restrictions have been put in, uh, it is uh, uh, Scott Morrison and all those that are in power of now uh, brought in. It uh, looks as though we're still going to be indoors for another few months. And so we really need to start considering what it is we will do as a congregation. Uh, we need to start uh, uh, thinking and considering exactly... Uh, Uh, what we need, what God's requiring us to do as well. And so I really feel as though God's uh, uh, stirred me in a direction looking out of the book of Acts chapter 2 because I really feel right at this time this is exactly what we're seeing uh, out of the book of Acts. Uh, A sermon I've entitled House to House and uh, you can read along with me Acts chapter 2 verse 46 and 47. Uh, The Bible says these words, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the men. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Praise God. House to house. Let's look firstly and focus at continuing daily. Now, life has a way of, no doubt, racing ahead of us and making us feel as though we've been left behind. You can go from being a young, vibrant uh, uh, man to all of a sudden feeling as old and out of style as uh, if you were were from uh, the 30s. And it doesn't take much. In fact, any parent would recognize it doesn't take very long for your children to look at you with those little eyes and, and, and just with a confused look on their face saying, what are you doing? You're so uh, out of touch. You really have missed It makes you feel as though or you recognize right there, time has sped past. Now what we read in this passage of Scripture is the experience that the church has had at a rapid rate. The Son of God came and performed miracles. He set the captives free. There was a betrayal. There was the crucifixion, the denial, the burial. But then we see the resurrection, the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now the visitations come in multiple experiences. Finally, the Holy Ghost falls to empower them in the things of God. And now we have have them continuing daily in the things of God, going house to house uh, and uh, spreading or continuing that momentum. Now, no doubt that's a lot to digest. Now, even though this is a lot to take in, it highlights the importance of rapid remembrance. In verse 46 of our text, so continuing daily With one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Now this wasn't... What, uh, whether they felt like it. This, is what, this wasn't when uh, you choose to log in, uh, you know, just before the sermon. This was uh, something that was happening in the New Testament church. Uh, they wanted to be gathered together. Uh, and when they uh, weren't in the temple, uh, they were gathering at their houses, breaking bread and having fellowship daily. Now that word continuing means to be earnest towards to preserve be constantly diligent to attend all uh, 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 to also exercise to adhere close to uh, and so you can just Grasp the picture of what's happening in the hearts and in the momentum of the New Testament church, they did not want to forget. They did not want to misplace. They wanted to continue to remind and remember the things that Jesus Christ came and taught them while he was with them. Now what fights against our memory has to do with with the distance between reminders. Now, I'm a new parent. I've still got my L plates and I'm still learning how to be a parent. But it's amazing at how a major part of new parents is just that constant repetition, reminding my children, no, don't do that, don't go there. Don't say this. Don't do that. And it's constantly time and time. Wouldn't it just be wonderful if all you had to do was say it once and never have to be reminded or remind them ever again? The truth is, is that what fights against our memory is the distance between every reminder. Now just consider a man in the Bible by the name of Joseph. Joseph lived in Egypt as a slave. And it was through the course of being a slave, he was imprisoned, then was liberated, and then rose to power as a governor over the entire country, no doubt establishing him and his family as creditable people in Egypt. Egypt, but only a short period of time goes past, and in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, There arose a new king over Egypt, and he did not know Joseph. Immediately, All that Joseph had done from sparing them from the famines, uh, helping them uh, during the times of plenty, uh, all the righteous decisions that he made just went out the window and Joseph's investment in Egypt was forgotten. As a result, that triggered a mass killing that we saw earlier this morning of the Hebrew children. But isn't it amazing at how By not being reminded, the distance between reminders now has caused there to be a disconnect and Joseph in a country he invested in, now he's an enemy. See, it's in the continuing daily that we see the church began to secure the memories of what Jesus had done for them and no doubt spoke into their futures. In verse 46 of our text, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. That word one accord means they were of the same mind. They were completed. They were in wholeness. They were moving in the same direction. And as a result, they were reminding each other. You remember when Jesus said that. You remember when Jesus moved on your behalf and all oh, that miracle that transpired? No doubt would have kept the fellowships going hour after hour after hour after hour daily. Let me ask you this, morning, this evening when was the last time you were reminded of what Jesus did for your life? See, this is why every Christian needs to continue to share their testimony irregardless if it was in 1805 that you got saved and a visitation happened from heaven. Listen, you need to speak that out. You need to share that testimony because it will remind you of what Jesus did and how He got a hold of your heart. It's continuing daily. So I want to look secondly this evening at our house. Because they say that living the Australian dream is the ability to own your own house, work at a high paying job and be free to go at your own pace to do things like fishing or go on overseas trips whenever you desire. This becomes the great Australian dream. You work hard, you play hard. Yet what we find that instead of Australians being liberated and free now that they've worked hard they've got all these wonderful little things that they've accumulated instead of feeling as though they're living the Australian dream they have made purchases on high interest they've bought so much that they actually don't need and as a result overloaded and burden themselves with debt that instead of living a dream there living in a nightmare, forever having bills piling up, creditors calling, hey, listen, you need to pay, you haven't, there's an interest rate, there's a penalty for lateness. How tragic that is. Now, what we have to understand is that when the Bible speaks about houses, it speaks profoundly about the significance of uh, significance uh, uh, in that, in regards to the people of that house. See, back in biblical times, every house was uh, a place where uh, an entire family would live. It's the exact opposite of the houses that we live in today. In fact, today's houses, if you were to invite a guest over, there would be rooms that you would show your guest to, yeah? and there would be rooms that you would keep your guests out of. You can say amen or owe me, right? Rooms that you prepared, and look at this. Look at the decor, the pillows. Oh, the colors. Dazzling, right? Never mind. Hey, listen, what's in that room there? No, 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 don't don't go in there. No, 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 stay out there. Uh, Listen, uh, I haven't had time. uh, And you begin to, you know, you've grabbed everything and just thrown it in there. But see, in biblical times, houses weren't like that. It was an open-plan layout. In other words, it would consist of being basically a square stone house with mainly just one room. This would be the living, lounging, and dining room all in one. In fact, in the night, they would just roll out their sleeping kind of uh, bags and sleep there as a family. And so, consider exactly. What is going on here? The church is going house to house, and there is no time to kind of let's quickly make sure we hide that and throw everything into that room or into that corner. You can't do that. This is me. When you are visiting my house, you're getting an invitation into my life. But see, the attitude of the church was nothing was hidden. Nothing was kept from one another and that's what gave them their oneness, the like-mindedness. They were in one accord. How you felt and how you lived, I lived. And it was like just being at home at every house. See, consider the effects of this oneness. You know, prior to this scripture, there's very little known about the disciple by the name of Peter. Peter. And yet through one scripture, we get a glimpse of his entire life. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 14 through to 15. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laying sick with fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and served them. It was... When Jesus came to Peter's house, that he saw a glimpse into Peter's life and Jesus healed the mother-in-law. See, when we open our homes, our houses to one another, we allow now the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in and miracles happen. Years ago, I was invited to a man's house. He invited me over for a meal and we began to speak about his life and what was happening. And through the course of fellowship, as we were just discussing things, he began to talk to me about a demon that he felt was sitting at the edge of his bed. While he slept, he would feel this weight on his feet and so... As we continued in fellowship, all of a sudden I just, being there and being open to what he was sharing with me, I began to notice things that he had in the house that were potential doorways for these demons to come in. I managed to be able to show him these things and we prayed and we rebuked and that demon never came back again. See, this came through a fellowship. This came through a gathering at someone's house and said, hey, why don't you come over? And a miracle transpired. There's another testimony. When I was living in Perth, I asked Pastor Wayman Mitchell to pray over our house. My wife and I were newlyweds and no doubt we had purchased a house that's old and who knows what's happened there. We just wanted the anointing and the blessing of God. And he prayed this awesome prayer over our house and I tell you what, it gave me and my wife the confidence uh, that we needed, uh, that every time we knew we would, br- we would go out and find the hardest sinner, bring him into that house. If we can just drag them in the door, just pull them in, we know God will meet with them every time without fail. That's what happened. People that came into our house, people got healed at our house, People got saved in our house. God moved supernaturally in our little Girawin place. Can I tell you that God can use your house as an instrument for his kingdom? It's your house. It's where you live. And when you allow Jesus in there, miracles happen. Someone look thirdly and in closing at the increase. Because God is looking for a place where His presence can reside. What we have is, firstly, He wants to... Live and reside in our hearts. This is the center of who we are, how we function, how we live, everything that we do. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. And so what we have is an understanding as a believer that Jesus Christ is inside of us, working through our lives. He's at the center, Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Here is Jesus Christ. He's at the door. He's knocking. He's shouting. He's saying, let me in to your life. The center. This is where we see God wants to move supernaturally. But number 2 is also in our homes. So God wants to reside in our hearts, but he also wants a place for his presence to reside in our homes. This is the center of where we live. It was Zacchaeus that received this revelation. Go and prepare your house. In Luke chapter 19 verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. Listen, here is Jesus and he's saying to you this evening, he's saying make haste Prepare your house because I'm coming there and I'm going to do miracles at your home. You're going to see God move supernaturally. And so what we want to do is prepare our houses for Jesus to come in and do His miracles. Number one, we need to create a place for holiness. That means that... There are, you know, spiritual spring cleans that many have to do. Maybe there are idols. Maybe there are family heirlooms. Maybe there are distractions. uh, There are things that you've kind of put in a closet, hidden away. Listen to me. uh, We want to establish a place of holiness so that Jesus can perform miracles. Get rid of it. There cannot be any other gods in the presence of the one true God. Isn't that the lesson that Dagon learnt? Here is a false god bowing at the presence of the one true God. Why? Because there's only one God. And so we need to have holiness in our houses. Number two is we need to establish a house of honesty. Honesty. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, the Bible says, Nor give place to the devil. You know, in order for Jesus to do miracles in your house, there cannot be a place, a location, a sublease to the devil. There must be honesty. And honesty is what removes the wickedness of the devil. An honest heart, in other words, is able to come before the presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords and say, I need to get this right. I haven't been faithful this house isn't a house of righteousness. But see, I want your miracles. I want what you have for my life, and so I'm going to be honest at your presence. Listen, when you're honest with God, yes, there is the rebuke, there is the uh, confrontation, but God works in restoration. The Bible says God resists the proud, but gives grace To the humble, the honest, those that are there that are willing to say, you know what, I I don't know everything and maybe there are things that you aren't aware of, uh, but you have to be honest. Honest before God. Be real with Him so that His miracles can reside in your home. Number three, it has to do with humility. Jesus understands that our homes are where we live. And if we're in those homes, that means that some stuff is going to go down. It doesn't mean that the moment we pray and allow God, Jesus, I want you in my home, that you'll never fight with your husband or your wife again. It doesn't mean that now that you've invited Jesus Christ, your children are perfect angels, they're going to do all their chores uh, and they're going to eat all their dinner and you'll never have to confront them ever again. No, no, no. Jesus knows when he's invited to someone's house, there's still some things that it's humbling. But see, that humility is what attracts the presence of God. That humility is what helps you to see his miracles be performed in your life. Someone to just walk around and go, you know what, I don't care about that. Or, well, you know, you just have to accept me as I am. Listen, that that repels what God's trying to do. But it is humility that Jesus Christ is drawn to. See, it's this strategy that God's people had were given as a result, favour with the people around them. This is what brought the increase. When they began to prepare their homes, when they began to deal with their hearts and what was happening there in their their lives, now God began to demonstrate his power. They began to have favor with the people in those cities, in those uh, those suburbs. And as a result, uh, an increase came. The Bible says lives were saved. Could you imagine inviting the neighbors from your street to your house for a church service? Then walking away, getting saved. Listen, every time that we have a service, it needs to be in your mind. Who can I have? Who can I invite? if we're going to be doing this for another few months, we cannot disconnect from one another. See, our first aim is to please God with all that we are. Lift His name up. Your family needs to see you worshipping God. Your friends need to witness you praying and speaking in tongues and singing songs of praise, fellowshipping and speaking about the miracles that He's done. Listen to me, how the New Testament church gathered momentum was going house to house. Hey, why don't you come over for a meal? We're going to watch a sermon online. God's going to speak to us and then we're going to see a miracle happen right here. Have you ever seen a miracle? Come to our house. Could you imagine those that are on your street and your street corners that are saying, God, I need a miracle. Show me a sign. Waiting for you to invite them out to have service with you in your living room. But see, this comes by preparing your home. Because your right relationship with God will then bleed into your environment. The people that come into your house need to recognise this house is different. In fact, Jack does not live here. Jesus kicked Jack out. That's what brings the increase. That's what transforms a suburb, a nation. That's what transformed the world. And that's what's going to continue the revival that we want to see after these unsettling times finally finish. I want to close with this story of Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth was a powerful preacher of his time. And in this one uh, conversation that he had with Dr. Lester Sumrall, Dr. Lester, he goes to Smith Wigglesworth's house uh, to uh, uh, have an interview with him and discuss a few things. And so while he's there, he finally gets to his door. And upon opening the door, he said, Here I am, Brother uh, Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth did not respond, but just glared at me and said, What's under your arm? I said, I have an umbrella under this one and the morning paper under the other. He said, throw it away. You can't come in here with it. I don't permit those lies into my house. Hitler and Mussolini will soon be in hell where they belong. In my house, there's only truth. And that paper is nothing but lies, so leave it outside. hastily, thrust the paper into the bushes beside the door, said, "Yes, sir, yes, sir." And he went in and had fellowship with Smith Wigglesworth. See, Smith Wigglesworth understood the power of his home, where he lives, where he resides. He knows that if Jesus is truth, there is no room for lies. And therefore, I want nothing but truth in this. And no lie is going to be let in through those doors. See, when you and I understand the importance of why God has given us a house, then we begin to see God move through our hearts, into our homes into the lives of those around us. See, I want to encourage us. We still have a couple more months ahead of us in quarantine. They're saying that July will be the time where we'll be able to finally gather again in our sanctuary. But see, we need to use this to our advantage. We need to be people that are still proactive, willing to invite the church members People from our congregation into our homes. Maybe you can, because right now we could uh, probably, as of next week, we can have up to 10 people in our homes. Maybe you could prepare your house in the coming uh, uh, days uh, for next week so that you could have a family over and have church with them together. You can prepare your home and invite maybe a neighbour over for a meal and tell them, hey, we're going to have church directly after. Would you like to come and worship with us? Be bold. Believe. Because the Bible says that they increased with favour with man. And people were saved daily. And this happened as they went house to house. I really believe God wants to use this time and He can use your life instrumentally for the advancement of His kingdom. Let's believe for this scripture to come to pass in our time here in the Gold Coast. Praise God. Why don't we quickly bow our heads let's close our eyes. We want to have a time of prayer. Ask God to minister this evening. Maybe you're watching online and you recognize, you know what, I'm not saved. I'm not a Christian I am backslidden in my heart and I need to repent of my sin. Listen, you're watching this evening, not by accident, but because God has a word for you. The time is now to repent and uh, turn from your wickedness and invite Jesus Christ into your life. Beloved, I'm here to let you know that hell is a real place. But see, God loves you so much, He's not willing for you to perish but have everlasting life. He wants you to make heaven your home. And by praying a prayer, the Bible says you believe with your heart and you speak. That this is how we are saved. Through your confession that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and that His sacrifice on the cross is the sacrifice for your sins and my sins. By accepting that, a miracle transpires in your life. You're set free, you're delivered. You're saved, and if you were to die, you would make heaven your home. And if you're here this evening, you're watching, you don't know where you will go if you were to die, I want to let you know that through praying a prayer tonight, you can have the assurance that your name would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that heaven will be your home. And so while every head's bowed right now in the presence of God in your living room, turning off every distraction around you. If you want to pray, there is a button that you can hit right now. A button that signifies an uplifted hand. Say, pray for me, I want Jesus Christ. I want to be saved. I want to make heaven my home. And if that's you this evening, I want you to hit that button right now. We'll have someone contact you, lead you through a sinner's prayer. Amen. Then changing the order of the service. I want to give an opportunity right now for us as believers of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you house to house. Is your house ready to be used for a miracle from Jesus Christ? You know, there are people that are around you right now that God's bringing into your mind. You could invite you could have them over for a meal uh, uh, for a time of worship. you just let them know you don't have to uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you don't have to lie to them, you just let them know, hey we're having church on Sunday, why don't you come to our house? God can speak to you, do a miracle. Have you ever seen a miracle? Jesus Christ wants to show you one, and you invite them out and see what God does. I want to encourage you during these times we've got to stay connected we've got to Continue to fellowship. And as these restrictions are lightened and they're lifted, we want to continue until that day comes when we're joined back together in this sanctuary. We want to still continue in fellowship. But would you be willing to prepare your home so that God can do a miracle in that house? Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't we just quickly seal off in a word of prayer. Father God, we're so thankful once again for your word. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to strengthen us. Lord, to speak to us. Open our hearts for your direction to be made real in our lives. Lord, we cling to your cross and we're so thankful for all that you've done for us. I'm asking you, Lord, uh, that these words that you've spoken to us that would uh, resonate in our hearts. Lord, transform us from the inside out. Make us the instruments uh, that you want us to be uh, for your kingdom purposes and plans. I pray, Lord Jesus, help us uh, Uh, Keep us safe during these times. Uh, Bring us back safely again uh, online. Uh, We pray this in your heavenly name. Uh, Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. My wife and I, uh, we desperately miss uh, being in contact with you and seeing you uh, uh, here in the sanctuary. But uh, I do trust and believe that our leaders are making the right decisions. Uh, Let's continue to uplift them during this time uh, and believe that we'll be able to meet once again uh, Uh, at the right time um, to glorify Him. But till that day comes, uh, let's continue to meet online. I encourage you to invite people out to your house, have fellowship uh, uh, and believe for God to use these times for His glory so that we can have an increase. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you once again. And until I see you online, amen.